0: The answer relies somewhere in the realm of de- dependability on yourself. I mean, there, there's no one there that's going to get you up in the morning. That's That's got to be you. So I, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that you're your, your own biggest champion. You're your own biggest driver. Um, no one's going to do it for you. No one's going to teach it to you unless you ask. So asking lots of questions, asking the right questions, and, and just, I've learned the importance of pushing and, and driving. Just sitting back really doesn't get you anywhere.
1: Welcome. Amazing young man, uh, Dan Wolford. He is uh, out of the program about 10 or 11 years. uh, You know, went went to school at Wilford Laurier and worked with us for three summers. And Dan joined a a company uh, by the name of Fusioncast, took on a whole bunch of uh, opportunities really early on in his career. And the the company was growing 20 to 25% per year. He became the general manager of that organization. And just most recently, he um, and the investors sold it. So I actually saw that over the internet and said, wow, I want to go and hear what Dan's story is and bring it to you. He's since uh, been brought back by those investors into an enormous organization and a company on really, really leading edge technology in Canada that he shares about. And Dan is really, really uh, hardworking and amazing young guy. And I, I know you're really going to love our conversation, our podcast this afternoon. So thanks so much for for tuning in. And and, uh, before I jump on and and push you off to the pod, I just wanted, again, remind you, we are looking for amazing young people like Dan, amazing young people who want to become fantastic leaders. So if you know someone, please send me an email or have any feedback about the show to chris at leaderspodcast.ca, or you can send someone directly to leaderspodcast.ca slash apply now. I hope you have a fantastic day and you really love our podcast. Thank you. So, Dan, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Well, really excited to have you on board. And, uh, and it's really great to catch up. So, welcome. So, Dan, um, tell me what you were like before the program. Well, I think it's, it's a great question
0: because I mean, I'm a, a big sports junkie. So, I mean, my, my background was in. Both hockey and lacrosse. Played a little bit of soccer, but so so as, as a youngster, I was I was certainly motivated, and I, I was starting to develop some skills through my my time playing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the toughest things that I was faced with was. How do you transition from a great athlete into into what's next once that uh, that sports career starts to come to an end or come to a competitive end? I should say. I mean, sports careers never necessarily end, but <laughs> it's, it's, it,
1: it never, never ends. ends. Absolutely, even if it's just we're watching our teams, right? Absolutely, it, it will not end. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, what were your biggest frustrations as a teenager before you got started in business?
0: Well, I think I think my biggest frustrations, and I think that that my last statement kind of leads into it, is is, is I came with the desires, so I was a pretty pretty motivated guy, and and one of the uh, the business leaders I've learned quite a quite a big deal from, and I've learned from a lot of business leaders, but the one who I've worked with the last little bit, he refers to the saying that's desires and mechanisms, and you need both of them to succeed in anything. And what I what I mean by that is, a PhD student. Who doesn't want to get out of bed in the in the doesn't want to get out of bed in the morning? He's really not going to accomplish anything. Yes. But on that same token, a fly that smashes into a wall a thousand times, he's not going to get anything done. He's not going to be able to execute. So, I th- I think you need a combination of both the desires to to want to get out of bed, to want to do something, as well as the mechanisms to actually be able to execute. So, I think uh, as a youngster, I came with the desires before the program. Yeah, and one yeah. of the, the unique things that the program was able to provide me was it was able to help fill in those mechanisms that I didn't have. Right. So I think that was one of the, the, the big so what's for me about joining StudentWorks, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, but was yeah. that ability to provide me with those mechanisms to do something more than I could do myself just through sheer
1: uh, hard work. And want to. Yeah. And the, the one want thing that's, that's really apparent about you, Dan. Is that you have a really high desire level, right? That just shows up, right? Always did, you know, first, you know, time I met you, you know, Dan was, Dan was somebody. Yes, I'm in. You know, are you in guys? I'm in. I'm in. Dan. You right. know, <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Absolutely. So, so yeah. And then well, that's a great point. And then, okay, what am I not, not even what am I into? How do I, right? And how do I change about myself and what do I need to improve? So, um, what do you still rely on from the program, Dan? I think uh, the, the the one fundamental lesson
0: I, I remember more than the rest, and I mean, I, I learned learned a ton and rely on a ton from the program. But the one that truly stuck with me the most is, is do what you say. Yeah, and that that's one of those examples where where when you're young and a little bit more naive, you you sometimes run into situations where where you don't think it's a big deal, but the customer or the other individual might. So I, that was one of the just the key learnings I took away was do what you
1: say. Otherwise don't say you're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And that's and that's part of our forward referability habits. And and again, just that integrity, right? And just, you know, and, and again, by the way, as well, that's actually something that your just do it all mentality, your yeah, I'm in, actually <laughs> can work against you right? It's, it's like, Hey, got all this energy. I'm going to go. And that's where I actually, I guess we can be like that fly banging into the glass, well, <laughs> working hard, it. but to no real effect. So yeah, right. that's great. That's great. Exactly. So you spent three really, uh, you know, really great summers with us, which certainly we enjoyed. And I'm glad you did as well, Dan, but you know, why don't you walk us through, I guess you've been 11 years out in the r- real world with, uh, you know, three, now four different organizations. Why don't you walk us through the different organizations and and what you did, et cetera, et etc. Yeah, no,
0: that's a that's a that's a great segue. So I went from my experience in student works at, into an organization called at the time it was called Alchemy Group, later rebranded and uh, and referred to as both brand and company identity as, as Fusion Cast. So we were in the the metal castings business. So everyone's seen those traditional bronze plaques on on historical buildings or represent significant events through in in parks and and all that great great stuff so we actually we had an alternative uh methodology to make those and how we did that was a mix of a a urethane with an ionized metal and through our our patent um we were able to force the concentration of metal to the face where you see it so you're getting metal on the front of the the sign or plan or plaque However, the back of the sign or plaque that's going to go against the wall or go on a post was primarily high-density urethane, which is a little bit more, more cost-effective. Cost so okay. um, that, that, that's just the 30-second elevator pitch about what, what the company did. But ha- how I got into that was um, it was an entrepreneurial organization where an individual essentially came up with this, this alternative concept and how to cast metals for the purpose of signage, and he was, he was running out of money. So right. he, was, he was, as many early investors do, they, 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 have, they bring the concept and, and, and the bravado and the idea and the, and the knowledge of the industry, but right. without, without money, um, it can make things quite difficult. So yes. <laughs> I uh, was in, 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 in uh, Laurier University at the time, and um, one of the, the business leaders I know quite well, he was asked to, to invest in this company. So he brought me in as 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 a young buck just to just to see the negotiation process, oh, okay. to under understand what it, it can look like to to buy a business or get involved with uh, with a significant investment, private investment, right? And through that process, him and four other individuals ended up buying the majority share of that business. Okay. Perceived three or four months later, uh, things didn't quite work out with the founder, and they they opted to. Part ways. He still remained a shareholder, but he was no longer active in management. So they really had uh, no no one to sell anything. Right. right. Based on my my experience with Student Works and knowing what it actually means to to be dropped anywhere in the world and and cultivate business, I kind of wasn't necessarily enjoying my experience at uh, at university. I was in in psychology and and, and a few other courses that weren't really uh, weren't really uh, that interesting to me. So I said, well what about me? And right. that was, that was kind of my start. So I, awesome. I, I was hired as a, as a sales rep, the only sales rep at the time. And awesome. I just pretty much started hustling, started working and started doing what, uh, what you do when you, when you start at student works. And
1: I didn't come into a book of business. I built yeah. it. Fantastic. Well, let's, let's pause there. Cause I know one of the things that people will be interested in is Dan, how did you meet the person you met? And how did you become involved? Like, what, where was that? And where was that opportunity? Just so, so people can see, hey, this is one of the potential opportunities that could be there for us.
0: Right. And I think that's one thing. In business, it can be very incestuous. And that's one of the, one of the, the biggest things I've learned is that everybody knows somebody. Yes. Uh, so the, the individual that, that brought me in there, he actually owns another business in which my father is a partner in okay so been been doing business together for 20 years he's got to know me from yeah. uh, a young individual growing into a man and uh, yeah that's how that
1: all came, came around okay. perfect so, perfect and and again you know one of the things that's really important is is actually your parents actually do a good job or a bad job of building your brand <laughs> okay but mostly who does a good job or a bad job of building your brand is you leaders so so dan was enthusiastic, I know, because how you show up in one place is likely how you're showing up in other places. So Dan was enthusiastic and positive and hardworking. And so, you know, Dan's parents and Dan's friends of parents and, and this person went, oh, hey, I could see Dan being really good at this. Right. And wow, he's already had three years of selling experience. This right. sounds like a great thing. That's right. So how did how did that experience work? I know you did that for close to two years. How, how did that experience work?
0: Well, well it was great. I mean I was able to, as you just mentioned, I was able to take the the skills I had started to develop through student mm-hmm. works. I mean, I think sales skills, I mean, you can contest to this, but you are you're you're always growing as a sales individual, Definitely. no matter how senior you are in your career. I mean, the concept of business development is 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 a very important uh Thing in, within any kind of business organization, so I was able to take what I learned from Student Works, and it, it really did give me a leg up. Yes. Because th- then, then the conversation becomes about well, what industries are we targeting? What's our messaging? Um, what's what's our what's our value statement? Why are we relevant? And the conversation wasn't about. How to, how to pick up a phone and make a cold call. I'd already done that for three years. So right. um, for that reason, I was able to start kind of a, a leg up and, and frantically without that experience at Student Works, I really wouldn't have probably had the chance to start that that job sure. here because I, why me? Why right. me? Sorry. So right. I, for, from there, I, I progressed in more towards the, the management side of the business. So I was knocking on doors, cultivating business. The, the, the whole, in the early, is the whole methodology was to partner with people who already have our customers. Okay. So we were looking to, to set up distribution relationships, set up reseller relationships. So as I migrated within that organization, I, I started from really, uh, in, as a sales role to to managing a and segment. So I was responsible for all the sales and marketing costs within that specific segment. So. Um, started out what we'd refer to as our architectural business, so that the business was really defined in, in three different silos or three different channels. Right. This was the architectural side, which was uh, government institutions, park and rec, municipality. So, so very much the heritage plaque portion of the business. Right.
1: The other so providing you know, heritage heritage plaques for parks for 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 different areas that's that's what that was okay that's, right. that's what that was the the other
0: channel was what we refer to as our golf business okay so golf businesses for for all you golfers out there who i'm sure there's quite a few who watch this podcast uh you go up into primarily any any higher end golf club and they're going to have uh just a couple things you refer to as like a t sign an in-ground marker a t block so those would be the things that i would say hole one par four 300 yards yeah. and then yeah. as you go to take your shot the blue red white black or if you're if you're that good the golds um <laughs> i'm we, not we, we would manufacture those products okay and then the, the final channel in that business was what we refer to as a resi- residential segment so you, we would uh, we built relationships to sell through the costcos world oh, okay home hardware. and that was primarily a consumer driven business for the purpose of putting an address plaque on your house and or cottage so right. In, in the early days, I, I started out in that architectural segment, setting up resellers, and I eventually then transitioned into into the golf side of the business, which I quite enjoyed a little bit more because the deal size was quite a bit larger. You went from single digit, like hundreds and thousands, to tens of thousands. Oh wow! Getting up into the plan where a project could be 50 grand plus. So it was right. It, it was nicer business, uh, better margin, and it, it gave me the opportunity to not. To, to transition from a sales capacity to being responsible for the overall division. And that included both uh, expenses and revenue. So it was a, it was a good, uh, good experience.
1: Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. So the question is, what about mentoring um, and, uh, and, and guidance during that time? You know, who was, who was providing that? How did, you, how did you keep learning? How did you keep learning and developing different skills as you're going along through this path?
0: Yeah, I think uh, that that's probably. I'm mean, a huge believer in, in, in mentoring and guidance. I, I think anyone who comes with the notion that that it's it, they're not they're 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 too good for that should really reconsider. I, I think uh, mentorship is has been something I've 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 not just accepted, but I've also sought out. Which I think is also important. I mean, I'm a, a big listener podcast. The uh, leaders of tomorrow being one. I certainly have uh, have seen the majority of, of episodes. Um, big book reader, and then on, on a personal level, I've I've attended uh, events, conferences, and often have conversations with as many business leaders as I can when you when you do have the opportunity, because the, the tidbits of knowledge they can provide are are, are just just uh, just worth so much value.
1: Hey leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now, and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So you were the, the, the general manager for the last five years of FusionCast. And that's I guess, right. Because I, I know we, I, I obviously know, but uh, you, you, your, your investors and you as a, you know, a part owner or a part, of, part of the business decided that maybe it made sense to sell at this point. So what were the reasons for that? And, and why don't you walk us through that process? Because that's kind of an exciting process because as entrepreneurs, we don't, we don't get that opportunity too
0: to often. Right, right. No and It's 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 very very exciting. So the, w- the way it all came about is we we were evaluating our business and looking at what's next, and we were we're getting to the point where we were almost at capacity. We were going to have to make a, a significant um, investment in in capital to take us to the next level. And being such a east business, you got to ask a question that is. It, it, is it worth it? And is it worth it relative to what else we could use those funds for? So as an investment uh, as an investment group, the decision was made to look at divesting FusionCast as an entity and uh, essentially providing that as a platform for another organization to a uh, strategic partner to, to run with. Right. Um, so that's how that's how that, uh, that whole process started to, to come about. Those types of conversations and transitions are, are never quick. Uh, sometimes you you wish and you hope they are, but uh, they they certainly take their their time. Yeah. So we we were we were initially started looking for for a strategic partner. That the business from day one should have probably been a U.S. company. It just mm-hmm. made so much more sense. I mean, we certainly had Canadian revenue, but it was getting to the point where the U.S. revenue was growing year over year. We were getting to the point where 70 plus percent of the revenue coming from the US, right. 30, 30% being Canadian. And we were we were competing in, in fragmented marketplaces where you have uh, oodles and oodles of customers. So the, the rationale in, in having a US address became that much more important. Right. So as part of the the initial process in, in looking at divesting, we we looked towards a, a strategic partner where we would come with essentially the know-how and the show-how. So for, for our portion of that strategic partnership, we we would vend in the patents, the customer base, the technology, um, the equipment, essentially the expertise. Right. And then for, for their portion of that strategic partnership, um, they would vend in the commitment to, to facilitating the plant in a U.S. Right. location, um, synergies as it relates to uh, administration, production operations, and and p- potentially scale, and we were certainly right. looking for, for a business that that had room and w- was willing to invest um, to continue the growth we were seeing. I mean, we were growing kind of 25% year over year for a number wow. of years there, so certainly the revenue was coming along. But in that, there's inherent operational challenges, and and operations, production, and sales marketing have to. Kind of grow in line. I mean, they're always going to push each other, but they got to be remain relatively close in order to in order to be successful. So um, that was how that process started, and we we presented that offering to a to a number of companies, number of individuals, and we didn't have many biters on that concept, Um, but we had a number that were that said, "Hey, you know, I love what you've done. I I love the technology. I, I see the synergies for my existing business." would you consider selling us the overall selling us the, the whole company where we right. wouldn't look to keep it in Canada, but we'd look to essentially take everything you've done and yeah. and set it up in our shop in, in the United States. So, um, that was the, the, the way we ended up uh, proceeding.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's no really, really exciting and neat. And, uh, you know, again, really for someone, you know, uh, you know, just a decade of school, pretty, pretty, pretty exciting opportunity to already have gone through that. So
0: Ama- amazing experience. I was, I was very fortunate to be able to go through that. I, I was the uh, the deal lead, so essentially, I brokered and did the whole deal, deal, which was which unbelievable experience because some of the, the objections, questions, concerns, and, and thought process at a, at a, a president CEO level can drastically differ from that same thought process and more more tactical levels of organization so it was a, it was a great experience uh very fortunate to have, have had the opportunity to go through that and essentially do the deal from start and
1: right through to finish well that's fantastic and and so you've you've basically moved on and, and really my understanding is really fusion Cast was largely owned by the organization that you're moving to so so virox and and what i went on their website and it seems like an enormously neat organization like wow they are up to stuff so why don't you why don't you describe to our young leaders what what they're up to and they really seem like they're really cutting edge and what they're doing
0: yeah no very very neat very neat business and so some of the shareholders or or the, the senior management in Virrox where we're owners of Fusioncast so that's how that, that ties together so the organizations aren't necessarily associated but the individuals yes. managing both were um, but yeah Virrox is a is a really exciting organization they're doing a lot of a lot of neat things they're in the uh, the disinfectant space as it relates to wipes and sprays mm-hmm. but the biggest so what about Virrox is is they're not alcohol based so, um, 20 years of, 12, I guess, be over 20 years ago. But uh, when 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 my kind of business leader, Randy Felon, was starting to to get involved with Virox and, and put forth a business plan as to what Virox could look like, when he got involved, there was no such thing as a Virox. There was a scientist with a, with a technology, and and from that, the the real big so what is that the, the chemistry behind the product both for sprays and wipes, is an accelerated hydrogen peroxide base. Mm-hmm. So the relevancy in that is not only is it able to disinfect um, surfaces, tools, whether they're in a hospital, whether they're in, in the animal health segment, right through to mm-hmm. dental, even cannabis. Cannabis is a new market we're looking at. So they were, they were very efficient as, as a disinfectant, but the product is very safe to use, not just for the actual user, but also the environment. It, the, the, the components dissolve into, uh, into. or actually you pour them down the drain, they dissolve into water, oh, wow. um, hydrogen, hydrogen water. So you actually pour them down the drain versus you can't do that with with an alcohol or a quad based product. And um, they're safe for surfaces. So one of the, one of the big so what's in the dental world is that a dental chair costs a lot of money, tens of thousands of dollars, and all these companies using these alcohol-based wipes in time they were wrecking these dental chairs oh. so the Excel, the ahp or the accelerated hydrogen peroxide found in the virox products across their myriads of brands actually was the one of the safest products to use on those chairs where not only did it disinfect them properly but it also didn't deteriorate the chair while simultaneously remaining safe for the user to uh to actually use without protective equipment so yeah pretty pretty unique business and they're in uh in, the, in, a, in a large growth segment right now, um, that's part of what they, they brought me on to do is they've originally they started in healthcare, progressed in a dental. From there, they got into animal health, uh, I guess, three or four years ago, which is, is seeing rampant growth, both from the companion side and from the farm side. And so what they brought me to do was to uh, focus on business development in right. what they call niche markets. So that okay. would be uh, cannabis, which we're, we're seeing, especially in Ontario, we're seeing new licensed producers, um, issue, new licenses to LPs uh, issued weekly. Um, and then another business they refer another channel they refer to is, is Pro Beauty. So that would okay. be um, spas, esthetician clinics, okay. um, barbers, tattoo, right, right. and then lab animal research. So those are the three uh, silos I am focused on generating revenue within. So yeah, pretty, pretty exciting opportunities. Looking forward to it. I'm, I'm only in a two, over two weeks on the job. So <laughs> hopefully that overall synopsis came together. Okay. But it's still, no, not, still well, fresh. It well, to be.
1: well, that's very neat. Off, off, off camera. I'm going to dig into there might be an opportunity, someone I know who might be able to help out. So, or there might sure. be a, a connection for you. So one, one, and one thing I wanted to, to make sure our leaders caught this is is that Dan uh, was involved in the selling of the business and then what happened? There's two possibilities: he can go on to the business, you know that got, that got bought, or he can stay back with the investors. Um, yeah. Or, of course, if if you know you're not all that sought after, go find a job, right? So, so it's a really good sign. And frankly, the best place. I found, it historically, is go with the investors because, oh, hey, this person helped make me money. Um, and, and as a result, there's a lot of shared values, shared success, shared, okay, when there's bumps in the road, we know Dan's the right guy. We've been through this before. So it's really, really great when you've got that, um, you know, that just trust and, uh, and, 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 and track record, successful track record. Yeah, no, completely
0: agree. Couldn't uh, couldn't have said that much better myself. So,
1: <laughs> so what what have been your biggest failures or mistakes so far, Dan? Yeah, I mean, there's there's there, there's there's so
0: there's so many. It, uh, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where you, you learn more from your failure failures and your your successes. Um, I, I guess just name a few of them: Bl- blind trust in, in certain individuals. I mean, I, I came. Uh, I, I was awarded the general management position very very early on in my career. So I would have been about right. 25 at the time. So um working with individuals that were considerably older than me and 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 sometimes um experience doesn't always necessarily lead to execution. So yes. um I guess blind trust in in and the belief that because they were older than me, they should have more experience and therefore execute at a higher level than me. And uh, so that, that would be just one example. I, I'm sure there's, there's 200 others. Uh,
1: <laughs> no, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Cause, and again, you're right, Dan, we more, we learn more from our, our, our mistakes. We learn more from our errors, but for watching that creates it. And you're right. Sometimes just like um, there, there's a, a lot of times people will naturally think a leader, a young person has less, you know, or, or there'll be generalizations, you know, about young people and all those generalizations, generalizations are not true. Just like the same generalizations about older people. Oh, they're more experienced. They're, they're more capable. They're more responsible. They're more thoughtful. Really? No, 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 no. They're people. Everybody's a person needs to be judged, you know, specifically based on their, their skills, their attributes in that moment. And then as a track record. So, so that's a great, that's a great lesson. So, you know, uh, as you went from being a university student to a, you know, value creator in the full-time world, what did you have to change about yourself, Dan? Oh,
0: that's, that, that's a great question. The answer relies somewhere in, in, in the realm of dependability on yourself. I mean, there, there's no one there that's going to get you up in the morning. That's, that's got to be you. So I, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that you're your, your own biggest champion. Right. Um, you're your own biggest driver. Um, no one's going to do it for you. Um, no one's going to teach it to you unless you ask. So, asking lots of questions, asking the right questions, and and just and just, I, I've learned the importance of of, of pushing and
1: and driving. Um, sitting back really doesn't get you anywhere. So um, that's and so one of the things as well, just just I know just it sounded like behind that comment were habits. Like, did you do anything to adjust your habits and and change your habits and any any strategies around that? Then,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big believer in the saying, "Win the morning, win the day." Okay. So, the the earlier you can get up, the more um, the the quicker the start you can get in the actual morning. It just pays dividends over not only that day, but the week, the month, mm. the quarter, rolling up into the year. So. I like to try and get up uh, in the fives preferably doesn't happen every day, right. but uh, I like to, I like to get up with something that starts with a five yeah. and uh, essentially try and beat everyone with the punch. Cause then, then I find you come off more, offensively during the day when you're able to get that kind of two hour head start when you, when you show up at nine yeah. or 9.15, yeah. you, you can get to the point where you're chasing your tail. So I like to try and get, uh, get advance on that so that you're controlling the day and the day doesn't have the opportunity to come around and control you. I love
1: that. I love that. I was, I read a, uh, a new book recently, uh, recommended by one of our real successful alumni who had him on his podcast, uh, Govind Jai and, and it's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And one of the things he talks about is, is that so often as humans, it's it's like that first thing, if it's a good thing, leads to another good thing, leads to another good thing, leads to another good thing. And it just, like you say, you just start to win the day. So, so it's like, what are we doing to, to just get good things going on? You know, so it's, is it a meditation? Is it making your bed? Is it getting a workout? Is it getting up early? Like you said, is it, you know, thinking good things. I know Jamie Mitchell was talking about. You know, a prayer and reading good literature. You know, whatever it is for you, there's not one thing. It's not oh, it has to be this, but whatever it is for you, that will really help you win the day and really again build on good habits. It's a great recommendation. Everyone should immediately <laughs> drop and get that book. I
0: read it two months ago. It's a, it's a fantastic
1: okay. read. Oh, good, okay, you read it. Awesome, awesome, and no 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 surprise. And and uh, so so yeah, great a great a great book. So. Um, And uh, so if someone wanted to do what you did, what key habits would they want to steal from you? And I know to a certain, certain sense, there's one, but what, what other key habits might they want to steal from you? I I I would say the biggest
0: thing that I've done is I've I've chased the experience and, or the learning, not the dollars. And that's, that's been my whole concept during my career is, is is by taking this promotion, by taking this role, what am I going to learn? Who am I going to report to? And and how is it going to make me a better business leader? And even with moving over to Virox, that was one of the decisions that I had to weigh is, is again, how can this help me develop and, and cultivate me into becoming the business leader I want to be? So
1: chase the experience, not the dollar. You can find more money anyway. Right, right. And the money will come. And, and, I, and I know you've done well. So it's, it's, it's the money. The money will come. And, and, but, you know, you are your biggest revenue generating machine. So, the, the, more, the, better, the better DIN gets, and, and we've got a long, long, tr- decades to earn money, right? And so, again, making really good key decisions, and by the sounds of it, you have, and again, with aligning with people who teach you, aligning with smart people, smart technologies, et cetera, just so critical, you know, and, and um, I, I, that's, that's just a great lesson, right? a, a, a great suggestion for our, for our leaders. So, final question. When you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind, Dan? Uh, Principle-driven leadership. As
0: I'm growing in my business career, the the importance of of principles, managing yourself by principles becomes that much more important. I mean, technologies will come and change. Industries will come and go, um, but leading with the right principles To me, I I think leaders of tomorrow will will be able to do a fantastic job of that, and 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 that transcends any any industry.
1: Yeah, yeah, you are so right, and and um, you know, again, for our leaders, sometimes you know that that may not be you know the the so today, but it's every day. Principles are every day, you know. Principles, values, they rule the day. You know, again, you know who you're going to want to work with is somebody who you trust, someone who has high values, someone who 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 has high integrity. And again, those, those principles treat someone like they want to be treated, all those different things that just make such a difference, right. And are really why we're drawn to people or also why we're, you know, kind of people are cringeworthy. Oh, I I want to deal with that person. Right. And and that's not, those are people we don't want to deal with and are not invited to work at, uh, at Virox. (laughs) So, so Dan, Thank you so much for for coming and uh, joining our our, our podcast. Uh, thanks for being a listener. Um and uh, and again, continued success. I'm really excited to see what this next decade of uh, growth brings you and all the amazing things that you create.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely happy to be on, Chris, and I look forward to many many interesting podcasts to come. And I'll still remain a reviewer. And if anyone's sitting on the fence about the Student Works program, I, I can't say enough good things jump in, do it, it'll be one of the best experiences you're gonna have and it's gonna springboard you for, for future successes in your career. So I highly recommend uh, the organization, all the individuals within
1: it. Ah, uh, Hey, thanks so much, Dan. Okay, you have a fantastic day. Yep, thanks, Chris. Cheers. Hey leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.